0: Welcome to the Alger Podcast. Following the podcast, there will be a brief disclosure. Hello, I'm Alex Bernstein, and you're listening to the Alger Podcast, investing in growth and change. Despite the previous year's market churning, one sector that seems to have remained mostly resilient is industrials, and especially the aerospace industry. Here to discuss what may have led to that resiliency is Alger Senior Analyst and Head of our Industrial Sector, Andrew Gustin. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Sure, Alex, and
1: thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's always great to catch up with you.
0: Andrew, just to get started, can you give us a view of the current economy from the industrial sector? We think
1: industrials have really outperformed over the past year. I would say industrials have not had the same degree of valuation compression that you've seen in tech and some of the other growthier sectors. There have been a couple of really quite strong subsectors within industrials. The two best performing have been defense and energy. Defense has really been driven by the tragic geopolitical situation since the Ukraine invasion, and energy has been driven by much higher oil prices. I would say broader industrials, they have weakened, but not to the same degree as consumer and tech, where you've seen just a much sharper sell-off. And what have been some of the biggest challenges? We think it's been an incredibly challenging time to be a manufacturing company we went through covid a lot of companies really quickly had to cut their costs lay people off and all of a sudden the markets and demand kind of came roaring back and we've had these prolonged supply chain challenges and we've had difficulties in hiring people back and it's been a continual challenge and labor certainly has been very difficult supply chain. You're trying to manufacture a product that has lots of different components. And any given week, you get an unexpected call from a supplier saying they can't get you what you need. Then you have to call your customer and you're going to be late with your product. We've been hearing a lot about industrial companies kind of playing the whack-a-mole game where they never know what the next component might be that they can't get a hold of. So it's been a really challenging time. And I think some of the better run companies
0: have differentiated themselves and weathered this period better than others. Andrew, I wanted to ask about inflation and rising interest rates and whether or not your companies had already priced that in. We think inflation has been another enormous challenge for
1: all of these companies. And many of them are saying they're seeing inflation that they haven't seen in many years. And the companies that have really good pricing power that can actually pass through those cost increases, those guys are basically able to offset the cost headwinds, but there are many others that haven't. And so you've seen margin headwinds at a lot of companies. I would say that you're starting to hear that the peak inflation has maybe passed us and that the boil is coming off a little bit. The supply chain bottlenecks are not as bad as they were several months ago. There are components that are now more available than they were. It's certainly far from normal, but it seems like the pressure there is attenuating a
0: little bit. So let's talk about the aerospace industry because from where you sit, that sector seems to have actually performed well over the past year. Is that right? Yeah,
1: well, COVID was an unprecedented downturn that hit the commercial aerospace industry. Never before in modern air travel had the entire globe basically shut down all travel. So it was a tremendous shock to the system, and it was hugely damaging to a number of companies' financial performance and stock performance in the short term. Fast forward to where we are now, U.S. air travel is within 10% of fully recovered from pre-COVID levels. Globally, we're still about 25% away from pre-COVID levels. And so you have different regions that have recovered faster than others. And Asia still offers the most recovery going forward in particular China, because of the extended lockdowns and the zero COVID policies they've had over there, China flight activity is still about 75% below pre-COVID levels. And China, before the pandemic, it was 20% of overall global air travel. So the recovery in China and the recovery in international travel, particularly in Asia, we see that kind of as the next leg of the recovery from COVID. We're very much on the way to recovery, but many of our companies are still well
0: below the normal levels of revenue that they had pre-COVID. Where do you think we stand with aerospace subsectors like commercial aviation and defense? I would say commercial
1: aviation, commercial air travel, traditional airline travel, that got hit the hardest. Interestingly, business jet utilization initially got hit, but actually recovered quite quickly and has actually recovered to above pre-COVID levels Quite quickly, And I would say defense really did not see that much of an impact. The defense industry has been dealing with supply chain challenges like the rest of the industry, but they didn't really have the same demand shock. And now in defense, we think you're seeing a strengthening of demand and public support for military spending in the US and among our allies in connection with what's going on in Ukraine. So it really has been quite disparate between those end markets. And commercial aerospace is the area that has still the most recovery to go.
0: Tell me about the activity you've seen in replacement
1: parts. So it's interesting. We have had a long interest and appreciation for the commercial aerospace aftermarket, the replacement parts business within the aerospace industry. And that business is directly tied to commercial air travel, just the number of flights flown. You consume parts as planes get used. So that has recovered, but it's still got a pretty good amount of recovery to go. The way that the industry is set up with FAA oversight, there are tremendous barriers to entry and it has allowed some of our favorite business models to to be created. So on any given aircraft, every single part on the airplane is basically specified for that aircraft. And the FAA has approved a specific part And in many cases, there could be only one supplier of that part. So depending on who owns the IP, the engineering drawings, if you own the IP and you're the sole approved supplier of that part, you have this tremendous incumbency and pricing power. And if you're the only provider of that part, you certainly have the ability to raise prices to pass through inflation. We have a couple of companies that that is a great niche that they've carved out, and they have been able to generate tremendous amounts of cash and replicate that in different parts of the airplane. And can you talk about some of your specific aerospace holdings? We have two main holdings. One is a company who specializes in proprietary sole source parts. It's a company where 90% of their revenue comes from proprietary parts and 80% of their revenue comes from parts where they're the sole source manufacturer. So they have a truly unique ability to command price increases, even in more normal times, that has enabled them to generate very high levels of profitability. And they have continued to do that through the COVID pandemic. And there's still quite a bit of recovery left. The second holding is the leading provider of alternative approved parts. So there is an FAA process to become an approved alternative parts supplier, an alternative to the original manufacturer, but it is a very stringent and robust approval process in itself. And so we own the largest approved alternative parts provider, and they actually are able to price their parts 30 to 40% below the OEM's price. They do not have to compete to get the product initially spec into the aircraft. So in the OEM market, it's a little bit like a razor blade model. You don't make that much money on the original part, but you make tremendous margins on the replacement parts. And the aircraft can have useful lives of 30 and 40 years. So there's lots of replacement parts and you make great money for many years to come. But as an alternative parts supplier, what this company does is actually reverse engineers an OEM part and makes it an exact copy of that part that meets all kinds of material quality and safety standards and gets approval from the FAA to be an alternative parts supplier and prices at about a 30% discount to the OEM parts. So in an environment where the airlines have been under a lot of financial stress and have been trying to reduce their costs, there has been a real appetite to find alternative parts suppliers and to get as much as possible from these alternatives.
0: So we think it's been a bit of a boon for this second company as well. Andrew, we're always talking about innovation at Alger. What kind of innovation are you seeing in aerospace? I would say compared to a lot of other industries, aerospace moves relatively
1: slowly. It can take 10 years to develop a new commercial aircraft. So relative to maybe a consumer market where there's some app that comes out and all of a sudden just completely changes and disrupts the marketplace, it's much more slow moving. And in fact, that has been a real source of strength for some of these incumbent providers who we think have really low risk of disruption. Longer term, the most interesting areas of innovation going on in aerospace, as in many other industrial markets, revolve around carbon reduction, decarbonization. And like every other industry, the aerospace industry is looking at its emissions and thinking about how it's going to help the world decarbonize over the next few decades. So sustainable aviation fuel, electric propulsion, those are two areas where there's a lot of work and interesting innovation going on. But it's early stages.
0: It's a multi-decade kind of process, I would say. Outside of aerospace, what else is exciting you currently in industrials?
1: We are getting more excited about early cycle industrials. Sectors like transports or even home-related stocks that have been under a huge amount of pressure in 2022. We think some of these are already pricing in a pretty substantial downturn. And we think that the stocks will start recovering ahead of their underlying industries. Longer term, again, we're really spending a lot of time on decarbonization. Every single industry is working on decarbonizing over the next few decades, and there's a tremendous amount of government support behind that. We think that is creating a lot of opportunities for growth, but it's also an area where we've seen a huge amount of speculation and euphoria in the last few years. So at Alger, we're staying very disciplined and selective in how we want to play that. And then within decarbonization, we have some of the more promising electric vehicle companies. We are involved in the leading solar inverter company and also one of the largest miners of lithium. So we got a lot of different angles that we're playing decarbonization. But as I said, we've really uh, worked hard to be disciplined around valuation because we've seen a lot of euphoria at different times in the last few years.
0: Andrew, any final thoughts?
1: Well, I would say at Alger, on the industrials team, we focus on identifying high quality companies that have durable competitive advantages and can be owned for multi-year periods. I would say that we think industrials can be a relative bastion of stability where we can own companies for a long period of time and they can compound cash flow. We just don't see the same level of disruption and euphoria turning to despair that that you see in some other markets. And I think that it served us well to focus on high-quality businesses, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing.
0: Andrew, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon.
1: Thanks, Alex. Great talking to you.
0: And thank you for listening. For more of our latest insights, please visit Alger.com. The views expressed to the views of Fred House Management, LLC, FAM, and its affiliates as of February 2023. These views are subject to change at any time and may not represent the views of all portfolio management teams. These views should not be interpreted as a guarantee of the future performance of the markets, any security, or any funds managed by FAM. These views are not meant to provide investment advice and should not be considered a recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Holdings and sector allocations are subject to change. Important information for U.S. investors. This material must be accompanied by the most recent fund fact sheets if used in connection with the sale. Of mutual fund and ETF shares. Fred Alger Company LLC serves as distributor of the Alger Mutual Funds. Important information for UK and EU investors. This material is directed at investment professionals and qualified investors as defined by MIFID FCA regulations. It is for information purposes only and has been prepared and is made available for the benefit of investors. This material does not constitute an offer or solicitation to any person in any jurisdiction in which it is not authorized or permitted or to anyone who would be an unlawful recipient and is only intended for use by original recipients and addressees. The original recipient is solely responsible for any actions and further distributing this material and should be satisfied in doing so that there is no breach of local legislation or regulation. Certain products may be subject to restrictions with regards to certain persons or in certain countries under national regulations applicable to such persons or countries. Alger Management Limited, Company House number 8634056, domiciled at 78 Brook Street, London, W1K5EF, UK, is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the distribution of regulated financial products and services. FAM and or Weatherby Capital LLC, US registered investment advisors serve as sub-portfolio manager to financial products distributed by Alger Management Limited. Alger Group Holdings, LLC, parent company of FAM, and Alger Management Limited, FAM. And Fred Alger and company LLC are not authorized persons for the purposes of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 of the United Kingdom, FSMA, and this material has not been approved by an authorized person for the purposes of Section 21.2B of the FSMA. Important information for investors in Israel. This material is provided in Israel only to investors of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law, 1968, the Securities Law, and the Regulation of Investment Advice, Investment Marketing, and Investment Portfolio Management Law, 1995. The fund units will not be sold to investors who are not of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law. Risk disclosures. Investing in the stock market involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Growth stocks may be more volatile than other stocks as their prices tend to be higher in relation to their company's earnings and may be more sensitive to market political and economic developments. Local, regional, or global events such as war, acts of terrorism, the spread of infectious illness or other public health issues, recessions, or other events could have a significant impact on investments. Technology companies may be significantly affected by competition, innovation, regulation, and product obsolescence and may be more volatile than the securities of other companies. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Fred Alger Company, LLC, 100 Pearl Street, New York, New York, 1004, 800-305-8547, Alger.com.